Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for joining us. It is such an honor to prepare these podcasts for you. I hope that they're really a blessing and an encouragement to you. I know that right now our world seems turned upside down. Because of the coronavirus, we are living in a season that we have never experienced before. I know that you may be dealing with pay cuts, job loss, or even isolation. Right now, it seems like there are a lot of unknowns. Charlene has had to self-isolate to avoid any illnesses. Our whole staff is now working remotely. Our county has restricted how we can move around. We understand how lonely this can be. Daily life looks very different. Nobody knows when this will end or what the implications will be. And you're probably feeling stressed or anxious. And if you were honest, you might even admit that you're a little panicked. In these times, we have to lean on Jesus Christ for our strength. One of my favorite scriptures comes from 2 Timothy 1.7, and it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We are here for you. Despite any shutdowns, we are staffed. We're ready to help you. We have some wonderful podcasts coming up the next few weeks that are going to be a blessing to you. I hope that you'll make tuning into them a priority. Ask God to use this time of isolation and solitude to transform you despite the uncertainty around you. And I hope that today's podcast is one of those blessings for you. Hi, it's Lori and Charlene and I are here today and we are excited that you've joined us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that we hear from you often on, and that's the subject of false starts. A false start is when it seems like restoration is happening, but suddenly it goes backwards. It may be communication stopping or even a spouse that moves home and then decides to leave again. That's what we refer to as a false start. And I personally know about false starts as Bob moved in and out 18 times in 19 years of our marriage. In fact, he's even written about it and talked about it. And he would say, I walked out for a day and came back that night. Or he says, I'm leaving. And he packed his suitcase and was overnight. And it was a constant battle with the devil that was trying to destroy our marriage and praying that he would surrender to the Lord completely and not have the battle that was going on in his mind. His philosophy was when things got bad, he would just pack a bag and leave and not deal with the situation that was happening at home. That is so true. And in fact, if I brought up a subject that he didn't think was something he wanted to discuss, he would uh, literally say, I got to go do yay many errands on a Saturday and be gone for several hours. And he would even take one or two of the children. But he did not want to deal with different issues and he didn't want to discuss different topics. I know that so many of you have written in and have said to us that you have gone through a false start where it seemed like restoration was imminent, it was happening, your spouse moved back home and things were going well for a while, but then the enemy comes in again and there's distractions and that spouse leaves again. And I know probably the number one thing that we hear is that 
when a person has prayed for restoration, when that restoration finally happens, they give up praying for their marriage once their spouse is home. That is so true, Lori. There are so many. And ones that I've talked to afterwards or Deanne or our staff have talked to that they say when they see their spouse home, their prayer life and everything that they had changed with the Lord, it seemed go, it, like it gets back put on a, a shelf and they start living in that normal lifestyle of a husband, wife with children and they forget God. They put him on a shelf again. And we, when we have a spouse comes home or you start dating, you start having um, intimacy in some way, we need you to be aware that you need to keep close to the Lord, faithful to God throughout your marriage from now on. It cannot be you put God on the shelf at your second year of restoration or the fifth year of restoration. The Lord is a jealous God, and he wants you first before anybody else. You can look at the couples that we know so well, like Luz and Fabian um, is one example, and they will be the first to tell you that restoration is wonderful, but it is work. And more than ever, the enemy is going to be trying to discourage what God is starting to build back up. Positively, let me read a message we received from a stander. Lately, my husband's been sending mixed messages to me. I will then inquire about us getting back together. When I do, he puts up a wall and resists. This is all very difficult for me. That may sound like what you're going through in your situation. You might have a spouse who has started communication, a spouse that you've even been dating, and then you find that your spouse is withdrawing and they're having second thoughts about pursuing a relationship with you, about pursuing communication, or even about remaining in your home. I know when Bob came home, and he's written about it, and he said he came home, and the next morning after we remarried, quickly, suddenly, he looked at me in the next morning and said, I have made the biggest mistake in my life, and I don't know why I did what we did yesterday. And he says, because we're no different. And here I am now at home, and we've celebrated with the family, and the kids got their hopes up, and I don't know if I can stay here. And that did not shake me because I studied the Word, and I knew God brought him home, and Bob was battling double-mindedness. He had not surrendered his will to totally commit to his a new life of being married again with the full responsibility of a wife and children. He was obedient to the Lord the day before, but now reality and actually living it started the next day. And he wrote about that in a devotional that was out not long ago called How Long Does It Take to Get Over the Other Person? If you haven't read it, you can go to our website and search that devotional and read it. So the question is, what do you do if you're experiencing a false start? And I think we've already talked about it a little bit, but you have to continue having faith. And that's basically the bottom line. And it seems so simple, but you cannot let a false start with your spouse rock you and knock you off the foundation that you've built in Jesus Christ. 
Lori, we have to trust the Lord each and every day. Literally sitting in this chair that I'm in, I had to sit in it and trust that it would hold me. And you have to trust the Lord every day for everything that you go through in, in life. One of my many favorite verses is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Lori, that is so powerful. You and I could talk about this one scripture for many minutes because it is telling us the instructions of how to walk in victory in any circumstance. We need to trust in the Lord with all our heart. We need to totally believe 100% the Lord is in control of each and every situation and lean not on your own understanding. We are not going to understand why the Lord is allowing things to happen with us, with our children, and with our spouses. But we need to trust him. In all your ways, submit to him. And there is that surrender. Submit and surrendering to the Lord is very, very important. In all your ways, submit to him. And that is so important. It's vital. It's mandatory. And then it continues, and he will make your path straight. There is the conclusion. He is going to take you by your hand, and he is going to walk you through any situation. One important thing to focus on after your spouse returns home is rebuilding your marriage in a different way. The marriage you had before is gone, and now it's time to rebuild your marriage with Jesus as the head. And your spouse may not be in a spiritual situation where they will accept that. But what you can do is continue to be the witness to them and continue to love them the way Jesus loves you. It's so important to be that example. And it even talks about it in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and the reverence of your lives. But that scripture applies to men and women. You can win your spouse over by the behavior and by the Jesus that they see in you. And maybe it's as simple as buying a couple's devotional and being the spouse that says, hey, would you mind if I read a devotional before we go to sleep? Or would you mind if I prayed for us? And maybe your spouse is receptive to it. And maybe they say, no, I don't want to be part of that. Well, you can still be the example to them and sit down and read the devotional and live out the love that you're trying to show them. I know that you talk often about the book, The Love Dare. And that book gives tangible ways to show unconditional love to someone who may not be loving you. But try getting a devotional and see if your spouse would be receptive to doing that. Or if your spouse is not receptive to praying with you, then when you pray for them, leave a sticky note that says, I just want to let you know that I prayed for you today. Or I know you're struggling with this situation at work and I'm praying for you. Those little simple acts can continue to show a spouse that's at home that you are trying to show them the love of Jesus unconditionally. 
And if you listen to the radio, you have probably heard about Gary Chapman. He wrote The Five Love Languages. And if you have not read that book, that is a must uh, for you. It will help you so much for you to love your husband or wife and your children the way they need to be loved. You probably have heard about the five love languages. It's been around for years, but basically he communicates that each person wants to be loved in one of five ways. It could be words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, quality time, or physical touch. And it's important for you to know what your love language is, but more importantly, what your spouse's love language is so that you can speak to them in that language. If your spouse's love language is acts of service and you are trying to make an effort to spend time with them or to hold their hand, that's not going to mean as much to them as maybe if you picked up the house or cleaned out the garage. So it's important to know the love language of your spouse. And it's part of just understanding your marriage on this new level. Positively, this is a huge way you can show that you are surrendering to the Lord and asking the Lord to have you love your husband or wife personally in a way that is for them. You can go online and he has a place where you can even take a couple question quiz and find out what your love language is and ask your spouse to take it and see what their love language is as well. And I'll put the link in the notes below this program so that you can take that test if you don't know what your love language is. That helped Bob and I and our marriage tremendously. In fact, we saw Gary Chapman personally at a conference because Bob respected him so much. And we have talked about him and that book uh, for many, many years. Another scripture that came to mind when you were reading Proverbs is from Deuteronomy 31.6. And it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. And I think that's a great reminder when you are feeling discouraged because you might be going through one of these false starts and understanding that God sees you and he has not taken his eyes off of you. And although it probably wasn't easy to go through 18 or 19 years of someone moving in and out of the house when you both were finally committed to working on your marriage and not just working on it in your power, but working on it through God's power. That's when the hardships came and you knew that it wasn't going to result in a separation. You knew that, yes, we are having a difficulty today, but we're going to work through it because that's what a married couple does. We hit the wall, and then we figure out how to get through it and how to continue loving each other and going on as a married couple. And I agree, Lori, because if you go back to that special day, uh, and you may remember a couple of comments that dad said, but he wanted the children, uh, when he had that Damascus Road experience, he wanted to get married that day with the pastor. And then he wanted the children there. And then we celebrated afterwards with extended family. He knew that he was making a uh, Damascus Road experience to be remembered that he all that double-mindedness that he had been battling, that he felt that day God spoke to him so strongly 
that he feared God if he did not obey. Like Lori and I just talked about, Bob was double-minded the very next day. But at the end of the day, 99% of the time, he would apologize in bed and say, I'm sorry, I, I know I blew it here and there, and I'm going to get better. And then he would say, you know, I love you. I just, it's just a battle. And it was a battle with the enemy. It was the battle with Satan for the double-mindedness. And as Bob has written about getting over the thoughts of the other woman, I want to give you a scripture that is important to me. And I I think it can be one of a scripture that you can memorize and put it on a, a, a card or on your computer with a sticky. And Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And this process of marriage restoration is between you and the Lord. You have got God on your side. He's on your team. It's like David and Goliath, that David was positive that he was going to kill that nine-foot giant because he trusted God and believed in God and knew his mighty power so far greater than his power. So I want to encourage you, when your husband or wife starts uh, testing the waters and you may have a false start here or there, I know of one man that had had that happen many times, and uh, he's been remarried, and they're happily remarried, and they're walking through the beginning of restoration now, and it is a, a praise report. So do not walk in fear, but walk in faith. That's so true. You just need to keep the faith that God is in control and that he sees you, and he will get you through the circumstances and the situations that you're facing. Well, let me close this in prayer as we finish up today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that you give us to share. And I thank you for the person who's listening to this who may feel discouraged today because they're going through what would be considered a false start. And I pray that as they are facing uncertainty, that you would just draw near to them, that they would draw near to you and that they would feel comforted because they know that you are in control. I pray that there would be peace in their home and that you would just give the couple who is together under one roof trying to rebuild wisdom to know how to proceed each day. I pray that there would be unconditional love and forgiveness just as you have forgiven us. And I pray that there would be continual growth as a couple towards you. Lord, I pray for those who don't have communication right now with their spouses and they're wondering how they can ever hope for restoration when they don't see or hear from their spouse. And Lord, we know that nothing is impossible for you and that no circumstance is too great. And so I pray that today they would be encouraged by the scriptures that we shared on faith, that they can have faith in what you will do in their life and in what you can do in their marriages. I pray that you will continue to give stories of restoration and healing to encourage them and that they would see this journey as a faith walk with you. In your name, amen. I want to encourage you to go to the website and to search the term false starts if you want to see more articles and information on this topic. You can also even read some testimonies from people who have walked through false starts and had victory in the situation. And as always, we are 
very appreciative when you take time to leave a review on your podcast app. So wherever you listen to this podcast, if you can write a review, that helps people to see that this podcast is available. And our goal is that we can help see divorce eradicated because people come to understand that there is hope for a hurting marriage. So if you can leave a review, we would appreciate that. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.